This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Jesse. I'm Tomahome. And I'm Julie Hoverson from 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Yes. That's one www.19nocturneboulevard.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Very it says good. you've got uh, three ongoing series, a guest show, and a blog. There's a lot Something of material like on there, yeah. There's a there, insane amount of material, though at least one of the series is, is kind of on hiatus right now. Ah. Uh. Gotcha. Uh, uh, yeah. is, is series is a word, and hiatus is a word too. <laughs> I know hiatus is a word. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Which which series is on hiatus? I mean hiatus. Oh, hiatus. <laughs> well, sorry. Okay, hiatus. No, I. What? Which one is that? They say it differently <laughs> in itself. <laughs> maybe. It's an American thing, dang it. <laughs> we pronounce everything whatever which way we want to. <laughs> Right use now, that metric system. <laughs> <laughs> right now, basically, we're down to the main show, which is 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Bingo the Birthday Clown actually wrapped up. It's still there, of course. It's just not adding new episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the Dead Eye Kid is vastly behind. I just have run out of time, unfortunately. Being a one-woman butt-kicking army is really, really difficult. <laughs> foot gets tired. You have to clean your foot. <laughs> so uh, how long you... have you been at this? Just past my third year anniversary. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's a lot of material for three years. Totally. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is an amazing amount of material for three years. Mm-hmm. 70 episodes, right? Uh, 74 regular wow. episodes plus... Um, Let's see. Plus the the blogs, of course. I don't count those among episodes. Um, the uh, the Bingo the Birthday Clown, which ran thirty episodes, plus Primeval, which was two years ago. I did a four part audio movie, and this year at Halloween, I'm doing for my anniversary a four part adaptation of the Dunwich Horror. Yes, which uh, I've heard the first part of. Is the second part out this week? The second part will go up tomorrow. Okay. Cool. Ooh. Yep. Exciting. It's almost done. I've I've just got one more scene to do. <laughs> then you're going to be uh, normally. Are you normally this far ahead? Of uh, ahead of what? Uh, of re- your release schedule. Oh, like a day? You mean? <laughs> well, no, because um. Oh, you mean there's one more for tomorrow? Oh, I thought uh, for the whole entire series. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> One more scene for the episode that goes. Oh, why? Oh. It's it's not very far ahead at all. <laughs> we better get this podcast finished. So so yes, I am actually generally about this far. Ahead. Wow, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So do you do you have all your actors together in a room, or do you record them all separately, or um, these we all, all record separately? Okay, and they are they all spread throughout the world, or are they all uh, folks you know in town? No. Nope, it's pretty much wherever they happen to be. Oh, that's cool. I have actors in England, actors in Australia, actors in Oklahoma, actors in Canada. Ah, very nice. Yes. Bill, Bill Hallweg is in the Western. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. 
mostly I just I love to recruit people from all over because that's half the fun uh-huh. is being international. <laughs> you got a bunch of Mainers to do your your damage for? I actually have, I think, two actual people from New England. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, I had to drag, kicking and screaming into a vaguely main accent <laughs> for the for the townsfolk. Yeah. Oh, we 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 did do actually a group recording session, which is unusual for us. I actually dragged dragged a whole bunch of my uh, local actors in, mm-hmm. and it was. It's no, they did a good job. It's just it is it's a surprisingly hard accent to pick up, and it's and I figured out why. What's that? It's it's because you you can't really pick up chicks with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, well, if that's what I'm you, not going to learn this. It's going to be too difficult for my life. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's it's that's why you know I don't see anybody learning it for fun. You know, I mean, you can learn your Sean Connery accent. You can pick up chicks with a Sean Connery accent. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you you go to a bar and you're like, would you like some Pepperidge Farm cookies? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm actually really enjoying the accent. I don't mean to insult the, the people in, in uh, the northern part of, of the U.S. I mean, the northeastern part of the U.S. Don't worry. We'll, we'll put a disclaimer in. They've got bigger problems. They've got all these uh, <laughs> Cthulhu-like horrors bursting out of the earth and that's true. They got plenty to bother with. <laughs> but no, I was lucky enough to find an actual gentleman from New England to play uh, Armitage, Professor Armitage, because that was just absolutely important to have that one right. That being the hero. Uh, and and uh, But apart from that, it's it's been really interesting putting it together. I will say my brother did a kick-ass job as Wilbur Waitley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He sounds really good. Yeah, the, the, I was really impressed with the quality of the voices on there, on that part one. Of the yeah, just wait horror. till you hear my townsfolk, man. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. Now, That'll be fun. We, we did good. It's just so easy to slide off into a southern accent by mistake. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. Well, because it's all with the vowels. If your vowels are nice and tight and up here... Then you got your, your your New England accent, but if you let your vowels slide, if you get loose vowels, then all of a sudden you <laughs> down here. You don't want to have that. Southern. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. yeah loose nice. loose vowels. That I think I think that's what comes from seeing massive uh, Lovecraftian horrors. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they all end. Mm. The dreaded brown trousers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, then, yeah, and they go crazy. We hate trousers. The the one the, I guess the story that uh, I I knew about your podcast for a while, but um, when I saw you'd done the um, the leech uh, by Robert Checkley, uh, I guess adapted <laughs> that. That was the one that uh, sort of piqued my interest because I'm a big fan of Robert Checkley. Um, and I think I didn't that know that's it was a, Robert Checkley until you mentioned it. Yeah. Well, it, it's credited to Phillips Barbie, but that's that's a made up name. Yeah. Well, you know, I I kind of figured it was a made up name, but I I mean, I did a quick check to see if there was any other stories by the same author. Didn't come up with anything, and you know, it didn't occur to me to look at it from any other direction. And so I was like, I just like this story. Here we go. And then mm. it's all done, and I see in your review that it said, I'm like, oh my gosh, because I like Robert Sheckley too. Mm. <laughs> Well, it was just a happy. Did it right correctly. 
You picked it even though you you like him even though you didn't even know it was him, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh. And that's the best way to do it. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's 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 um I'm a big fan of adaptation. Um and I think that, that that was a really good adaptation. It's a it's a very when you read the story it's hard to see how it could be adapted, but I think you you did a pretty interesting um sort of hive mind performance in there, and I think that it worked really well. Yeah, one of the hardest things when considering adapting it, a lot of times what I'll do when I come across stories that I like and that I want to adapt is I'll just sort of toss them in my head and leave them to sit for a while because part of it is figuring out how are you going to do X, Y, or Z, and that's the hard part. You know, like you said, the hive mind concept, when that popped into my head, I was like, okay, i got to write this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cool. already had so many great, you know, jokes about the army and stuff that I couldn't resist. <laughs> it's, it, it is it, Sheckley sort of does a lot of um, humor Sat- and satire and sarcasm, all that stuff. But um, uh, this is a little bit unusual in that it's it's uh, it sort of puts the the story first, <laughs> and the uh, the the uh, the characters come. And their situations come a little bit second, but I think uh, you, you did it as basically a uh, not a, a comedy. It's a it's a drama with just some funny situations and funny uh, things people have to say. That's yeah, generally the way a lot of my stuff goes. I I always have some humor because I just write that way, but at the same time, I also have I also often have uh, a lot of. Uh, you know, they can be serious too, but I just happen to throw comedy and I can't help it. Mm-hmm. I'm a sassy kind of writer. <laughs> you guys hear uh, that one, The Leech? No, no, I haven't heard that one. Um, I listened to oh, I listened to the the Dunwich Horror Part One, and then I listened to one. I th- I'm, I'm looking for it on the site. It was, it was called A Date with Dana, I think. Oh it, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was about a, a robot or an artificial intelligence. Um, yeah. yeah, and a and a guy who does uh, radio. <laughs> is that an adaptation? No, that's actually an original piece. Though it is inspired by something. Um, it's inspired by a classic. Well, you know how in a lot of sitcoms and stuff, there are certain classic repeated storylines. Hmm. Where, you know, there's one thing or another, whether it's the 12 Angry Men storyline or the Rashomon storyline or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the just things that show up over and over again. Well, in this case, it was the uh, uh, fix some friends up on a date. I mean, no, no, you, you get, you, they, they make a date but can't go themselves. It's sort of a Cyrano story, kind of. Mm. Well, and, that's, yeah, but, that's a classic. But with a couple of twists. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You're going to have to find that one. Well, there's 74 episodes. That should last anybody a couple of days. <laughs> you bet. If you, if you were going to recommend an episode to say, hey, folks, uh, if you're going to start listening to this, try this one first. Do you have one of those? Well, The Leech would be good. Mm-hmm. Another one that I am particularly fond of myself is called The Rookie. Mm. And uh, it won the Mark Time Award in... 2000, the 2009 Mark Time Award. I always have to I always have to count back because 
the award comes out like the year after, so uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a little tricky sometimes. <laughs> but um, yeah, the the Mark Time Award uh, for sci-fi because it's twisted, mm-hmm. but um, it's uh, in a dark sort of a dystopian future where crazed serial killers roam the halls of a huge industrial apartment complex, and they are. The pop icons of the of the world, ah. and you know, people line up to get killed by their favorites. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's all about this young man who wants to be one of these guys, and he mm. gets taken under the wing of a of a retired serial. And yeah, it's 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 dark humor, dark, 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 but still funny. The opening alone is kind of funny because this in the opening this. Young woman runs by, ah, 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 and then a guy runs after her. You know, she trips, <laughs> he attacks her. It, it headphones is really funny because they're oh, running cool. from one side to the other. And then back down the hall, this door opens, and a little old lady's voice, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must be new around here. When you finish there, come on in for some lemonade. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I love creepy old ladies. I mean, that's one of my standard roles. <laughs> oh, I love it. I would, I would, oh yeah, you can always check out Crumping the Devil. That's my, that's the Cuss and Granny episode. <laughs> it's right. a really ornery old woman who uh, faces off with death and the devil. Mm. And uh, I, I can't quote what she says about the devil because it's extremely foul. Oh, we <laughs> define extremely foul. <laughs> okay when he shows up apparently he's very glam because she says just like that you look like Sir Elton John vomited all over you <laughs> which I expect would be rare since he's probably got a strong gag reflex oops yeah, I and I write this stuff. I don't know where it comes from in my twisted little brain. Some demons in there, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, the imp of the perverse, at least. Yeah. <laughs> the one, the one I listened to, uh, I guess uh, most recently that you've done two Lovecrafts, right? You're doing the current one, uh, the Donich Horror, and I heard the thing on the doorstep, which I think is a pretty damn good story, um, and it's a it's a interesting. You know, Lovecraft's always hard to adapt because of it's the it's way very personal. Writes. Yeah, the way he writes is not um, it's not a lot of narration, right? Yes, not a lot of um, action or dialogue. Oh but, gosh, no, he never writes dialogue. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's a sort of an unusual story for Lovecraft too. I think it's uh, it's it's one of his more down to earth stories because while it name drops a lot of mythos stuff. None of that is actually important. Yeah. Because the story itself is very straightforward. And, yeah, and the, the adaptation, I actually originally wrote it as a screenplay, a, a short screenplay. And then I decided it was never going to get made, so I might as well do something with it. <laughs> <laughs> and thus I turned it into an episode of the show. Cool. It's, it's a, it's. I don't want to say a zombie story, but it's um, it's definitely got some after. I don't know, coming back from the dead sort of stuff going on in it, don't you think? Oh yeah. Oh, it's got the extension of life. Is really yeah. what it's focused on. It's just that it happens that 
you know, some of that life shouldn't be extended. <laughs> but cool. yeah, I, I've actually done a large number of Lovecraft stories. I've also done uh, oh. in or within the walls of Eric's. I titled it Within the Walls of Eric's because that's the title I first encountered it under, even though it's not the correct title. Oh. <laughs> Makes more sense to me anyway. But um, which is a straightforward sci-fi story, which you don't see very often. No. Craft. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did a story called. Um, let's see, I did a modernization of Cool Air that I called Chillin'. <laughs> I did, which is it's still the you know the, the original story itself more or less. It's just you know a modernized version of it. I did. Uh, let's see. There's at least one other one. Oh, the temple that takes place on a U-boat. Oh, oh yeah, that's a World oh, War One wow. story, isn't it? Yeah, nice. it's a World War One U-boat. Actually, and yeah, I, I was reading about that story. I think that's going to be the next one I'm going to huff off here. Yeah, I really that one was. I really enjoyed adapting. A lot of these are just. It's the challenge of adapting, but it's also just seeing what comes out of my head. I mean, I'll throw all these different stories in and see which one actually comes to mind as being adaptable. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, sometimes the weirdest stuff decides it's adaptable. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the author Jorge Luis Borges. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, I adapted one of his stories. And he's even harder than Lovecraft for things like, you know, dialogue or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Which, true. which story? Uh, the story is called Ukbar Tlan Orbis Tertius. Wow. And I, my version of it is called Disbelief, which actually it's pretty funny. I had a friend who was a rabid Borges fan, and he read the script. And he said, I love it, but what's with the title? And I said, well, Dis is the... Uh, Dis is the, is the, Roman, god, is the, is the oh. Roman goddess of chaos. Right. And so the idea of chaotic belief causing things. And he goes, okay, yeah, Borges would have liked that. Yeah. <laughs> because Borges loved puns, especially really scholarly literary puns. Yeah, so, that's a good one. Well, and so more than anything else, uh, it, that one, I, of all things, I read the Wikipedia breakdown on the story first then I read the story and by the time I'd finished reading the story and I'll tell you it was the Wikipedia article helped a lot because that is a hard story (laughs) he's just very scholarly and he makes Mm -hmm. a lot of jokes about stuff that you have no chance of getting if you don't have the same uh, educational background and stuff and nobody's educated like that these days (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't say that but it's true Mm -hmm. and he he is a foreigner too Yes, and of course the translation is going to make a lot of difference too. Though I, I used almost no actual language from the translation, uh, preferring just to rewrite everything. Uh, I still actually paid a licensing fee for the story because it is still in copyright. How did you find? How did you find uh, the uh, rights holder for that? Oddly enough, I figured I, I checked at Penguin Publishing first because they seemed like the logical place that would have it, and they just passed me on to the to the people who did. 
That was convenient. <laughs> yeah, that helped a lot. Yeah, it? And you know, and it's it's a it's not an expensive licensing fee. I don't you know, it's a short story and everything. But you know, it was it I I do that because I work in intellectual property and it shows good faith effort on my part, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I mean I would do it anyway, but all, most of what I adapt is either a public domain or I actually have the permission of the authors. And and really, the majority of what I produce is actually original to me. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I think I heard you on another podcast recently talking about, or maybe it was. Oh yeah, it was a panel. That's right. You put up a panel. Oh, you you listened to that? <laughs> yeah, that was yesterday, wasn't it? Can't. Well, the panel was last weekend. Well, but I meant it was in the podcast feed yesterday. I, I oh, listened to it yesterday. I don't know if it's. <laughs> Anyways, in that one, I think you were talking about um, about how how because you're using all the Creative Commons licensed music that you there's no way you could you could uh, sell Charge anything. Them. Yeah, you couldn't sell anything because of what the way you're using it, and so you don't even worry about that. Generally, yeah. If I was going to sell episodes, I would make ones to sell. I mean, I'd, I'd create one specifically with that in mind, and you know, it's just that's just not where I'm at right now because right now I'd rather have the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there may come a time when I've built enough of an audience that I want to, you know, do a fundraiser or something, and I make a specific thing and offer it for sale, and then I've got people who know that my quality is good because that's one of the hardest things. So many of the ones who are trying to sell shows. They just don't have the quality. Hmm. I, I, I don't. I don't know how anybody is selling any uh, audio drama on the internet at all, I, other than you know packaged CDs of old, old uh, public domain stuff. I, I don't know how yeah. they could. It just not. It's not the way things work. Julie, I listened to. Well, I listened to a blog post that you did. You've got some uh, MP3 blog posts, and you you were talking about oversight. Um, that was very interesting oh. to me. You're, t- you're talking about, about quality of audio drama and um, how there's really no oversight. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's a good thing and a bad thing, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that it's a bad thing that there isn't. I mean, entirely a bad thing. It's. It's a good thing that anyone can make an audio drama because that's awesome. It opens it up that anybody can do this. But at the same time, yeah, I would like to see some sort of categorization. I don't know. There's no reason for anyone ever to improve unless there's somebody saying, hey, you need to improve. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people don't care. They just want to get their story out there and they've got people listening and that's fine. But at the same time, if there's a show that's, you know, in different quality and that's the first thing that somebody listens to when they tune into online audio drama, then they're going to assume that we're all like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and. There's a lot of beginners, and that's, you know, and it's great that there's people who are doing this. I just would love to have something like a blue ribbon seal of approval or something that we could put on the ones that are more professional so mm-hmm. people would know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know it sounds silly, but it's... No, I can understand what you're saying. It, it, when you've got um, a lot of material out there, it's tough for a person to wade through that. And if there was yes. some somebody saying... Um, yeah, this is worth your time, then um, maybe somebody would start there and then fall in love with audio drama. Yeah, and then I, they'd be more... Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are falling in love with audio drama. It's, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there, 
that's what our website does, right? Is we say, hey, that looks interesting, but <laughs> it's not like a it's not like a Metacritic style where a thousand or IMDb where a thousand people are going in and voting on what they think is great. So that's what yeah. I guess the awards are designed to do. But um, even even that those are just you know it's a panel of people. It's uh, five or six people. It's not like uh, yeah, and you know, and there's always I. Not gonna comment. And and besides, mm. you like all those crappy movies, right? <laughs> what? Uh, you know, I was like just thinking on IMDb. We we've had conversations. <laughs> you'll mention a movie to me I've never heard of, and I go look it up on IMDb. It's like three point two out of ten. I thought, what? What are you talking about? This is a terrible movie. And say, so, yeah, well, this interesting point. So yeah, I I well yeah. As far as as you know, everybody stop people from watching. Choice. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't hurt to have some sort of, yeah, but I, it, it's not the sort of thing that I want to have to be the person to do either, which oh, is, no. of course, money where my mouth is or something. But uh, yeah, I, it's just, it's just sort of a vague future wish that there yeah, would be. It would be, it'd be really great to have uh, some sort of system that automatically generates, uh, you know. Feedback ratings. I guess uh, iTunes was supposed to do that, right, with their rating systems, but basically it doesn't work. Uh, and well, that and would be rating the podcast rather than the individual episodes as well. That's true, too. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's one of those things where if there was like, you know, here's what you get for having so much stuff done, and here's what you get for having gotten uh, you know this many good reviews or something i don't know they, they do something like that on one of the uh voice acting sites uh voice hollywood but that's mostly in-house i mean it's what they participate in on the site not in the big round big open world mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't sound right but i know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just curious have you been to that convergence convention where they don't they always give the mark time awards at that convention Oh, uh, no, I haven't. I was just curious I, at what, it, what it was like. Um, you know, if there was a I, lot I of figure, interest there or what. It makes you wonder. And there's also the Parsec Awards, which comes out at Dragon Con. Hmm. And I haven't been to that either. So, yeah. I, <laughs> I have curious. been invited. I have been invited to Balticon, though, this year to go to Baltimore. I mean, not oh, next year. Oh, I mean. wow. Well, that's cool. To, to yep. be a panelist on audio drama. So I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. It's always nice when you're an expert who gets invited to actually go someplace that isn't within driving distance. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, um, you're going to record that, I assume, right? I will certainly ask if I can. I mean, it's up to the convention. Yeah. Well, if they don't, then <laughs> they really are <laughs> doing things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, they may have policies in place or something, whatever. I mean, I'm cool with, you know, adjusting to whatever they've got. Indeed. But, yeah, it should be interesting. And I'm I'm lucky that my mom has a bunch of fleek flyer miles she can let me have. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That'll be fun. Never hurts to have family who do too much traveling. Yeah. There used to be a, a Balticon podcast, Um well, wasn't it? Wasn't there Jesse? Yeah, yeah, it was I a long time ago. I haven't, I haven't heard it for a long time, but it was good. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it might still be around. Mm-hmm. Balticon.org. Uh, Balticonpodcast.org, I think. Yeah. I haven't heard it for a while, but I I, uh, I I think the idea was that it was it would play panels from Balticon throughout the year, 
and mm-hmm. then intersperse that with you know what's upcoming. But I don't know if that uh, means that they sort of slow down for certain parts of the year. So, oh yeah, yeah. that's uh, yeah. It's you know, October eleventh, so they're still putting out podcasts. Oh, what's the huh. subject of the latest one? Uh, pitch workshop. Hmm. Oh, that's neat. So yeah, I'm T. Sure. Morris and Philip. So they're Valentine. into recording the panels. That's cool. Yep. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'll leave it up to them if they're going to do it. <laughs> I mean, because that way it's I'm not treading on anybody's toes. But mm-hmm. no, the um, that's good to know because uh, you know conventions. People forget that conventions are run by volunteers. Yeah. And so are podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's that's volunteerism is one of the hardest things to be able to quantify. Yeah, yeah. Be able to count on. And I mean, well, it's one of our our biggest complaints or you know issues in uh, audio drama, well, in general, is that uh, there's never enough people to help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is one reason I just do everything myself. <laughs> well, I, I think in that in that last was it girl? What was it? What was the geek, name of that? Geek, geek girl con. Geek, geek girl con. Wherever that was, there was somebody in the audience who who volunteered to do. Uh, oh yeah, uh, we had somebody who sounded like they were going to be interested in doing editing uh, sound work. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And like, and everybody in the everybody on the panel like jumped on her and said, "No, you're mine. You're mine." <laughs> because that's the that's the job that nobody wants. to do everybody wants to be the star of the show or to make their own show but they don't want to actually yeah but editing 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 is where it's all at isn't it i mean (laughs) if you 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 gotta have a good editor or you gotta you You have to have you have to edit or the show doesn't come out that's right what's like the piece to what's like to piece together all those parts isn't that tedious it takes a lot of work it's actually uh, it's actually kind of fun once you get used to it it turns into sort of a game hmm and in the zone, kind of, sorta, and just being able to, you know, come down and finish each scene and go, here it is, it's done. But <laughs> <laughs> you have to time it perfectly, so it sounds like they're actually talking to each other. Yeah, and you know, there's always things that you can't fix entirely, which is unfortunate. But you know, we do the best we can, mm-hmm. and. And, you know, it'd be nice if we could get all the actors into the studio together, which is one of the questions I always get asked. But on the other hand, if I did that, then I would be cutting out all these actors who I would love to work with all around the world. Mm-hmm. So the, the compromise is not such a bad one. There's no way you could just have everyone on Skype and then have them record their own parts at the same time? That's a That would be hard even... Unless everybody's okay. in coordinating roughness. everybody at the same time to be online is it's hard enough. Yeah, but it, it, I think that that actually would be the the best way to get the acting as long as the the voice is recorded individually rather than through Skype. I think you could. Yeah, uh, coming speaking as a, an expert on the field. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. the problem with it, of course, is simply that you know coordinating everybody. Yeah. Because different time zones, etc. Oh, different time zones, different countries, different bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just depends. Yeah, it would be hard to get them to sound listening. like they're all in the same room, wouldn't it? If mm-hmm. you're recording off of Skype, you know the oh. voice quality would be different on on everybody who's involved, probably. No, I think he was talking about having each person record themselves. Just yeah. oh, just I see what you're saying. Together. Oh, yeah, performing together, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think just coordinating the time to get everybody because everybody does this, you know, in their free time. And none of the, I don't know of any actors who are professional actors who regularly work in audio drama. Mm-hmm. True. At least there's, not online audio drama. There's a couple, but yeah, it's very rare. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. No. Yeah. I've actually, oh, and I should mention, just as an awesome note, hold on one second. She's making an awesome note right now. <laughs> no, she's just she's just coughing off mic. Have <laughs> <laughs> you got have, a cat named Jerry? I have a bit of a cold is all. <laughs> oh, okay. No, the um there's a book that just came out. Uh oh shoot. It's called The Radio Drama Handbook. Oh. And it just came out through um oh I got it mine through Amazon it's it's available I just have to look up the authors it's I believe it's I know it's Richard Hand and um Mary Train Trainor yes it's Mary Trainor no they're uh they are uh professors at Glamorgan University in Wales mm. now my I I get quoted in that book oh how cool nice and and my show opening is used as an example for show openings. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, you've got you've got a an opening kind of like uh, Twilight Zone. I think that's the way. I... Yeah, it's kind of the old school opening, you know, where you know it's 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 got a it's setting the tone, it's doing the thing, and uh, and they 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 liked it, so I got quoted, and I'm excited. But mm-hmm. on top of that, and actually a different fun thing is that uh, uh, Richard Hand also wrote, co-wrote a book on the Grand Guignol, which is a, a, a theater drama movement of the early 20th century, well, late 1800s, early 20th century. It was basically violence, blood and guts, psychological drama on stage. Mm-hmm. And it was very unusual for its time, and it was groundbreaking, and and it, and you know it was also it had a lot of underlying themes to it, also. But so when I I got challenged by one of my listeners to write a Grand Guignol episode, because I love when people you know hit me with a, a like a, a genre, and I could play with the genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've done a giallo and I've done a hammer film. And I've done oh, which one's your hammer film? I'd like to hear that. Oh, the thrice told bell. Oh, cool. It was one of my earliest. It's like a hammer Dracula film. And I've actually got coming out next month, uh, one called people who live in wax houses, which is an homage to the hammer and amicus, uh, anthology films. So it is actually three stories with a rap story in a half an hour. Oh, that sounds good. Because <laughs> I'm crazy. But my <laughs> like a fox. <laughs> you betcha. I get these ideas and I just can't let them go. Hmm. But um, for the, the Grand Guignol one, of course, I read these books that were, that were written by Handed Wilson. And I sat down and wrote my script. And I decided just for the heck of it to name some of the char- two of the characters Hand and Wilson. Because hmm. I thought it would be... A little homage to them. Sure. So I wrote to them. I decided, okay, I'm going to write to them, and I'm going to write them a fan letter because I really like their books. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Han, you know, got back a few days later with sort of a, you know, general thank you. 
that Mr. Wilson did, but Mr. Hand got back like the very day I wrote. This is the guy who also wrote the radio drama handbook and said, from a fan to a fan, how is the story going to open? What do you mean? What kind of a place is it? Why it's a little <laughs> theater off the Place Pigalle. And I'm like, oh my God, he's quoting my opening at me. <laughs> so He helped you write so, the script too. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is, I, I through a, a little bit of back and forth between us, I've talked him and then he's talked Wilson into playing their namesakes in the episode. <laughs> so oh, they're going to actually be in wow. the show That's playing... Fun. Penn and Wilson, and I thought that was just, I love having guest stars, what I consider guest stars, you know, like that. I also, you know, you know, get people from a lot of different shows to come and be in my show. Um, it's just, to me, that's part of what makes it kind of community. Mm-hmm. And also, it's just fun, because, you know, who am I going to get? Charo? <laughs> Is she available? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Frighteningly enough, no, she probably needs to get paid. Uh, but she, anyway. she'll bring it. She'd bring it though. True. True. <laughs> I'd have to have the right script though. Yeah. Uh, I, I think so, you could write one around her if you could get her. So probably. who's out there making audio drama right now that you're a fan of? Well, of course, we're alive. Uh huh. I mean, they're like. They're one of the ones that are not only producing a really good quality show, but they're also, you know, really, they're they're good at marketing and they're really bringing audio drama into the national eye, kind of, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, we just received um, season two. Uh, Blackstone Audio published it on CDs. Yeah, so, and that's yeah. the thing is they're they're really kicking butt to get. Us recognize, and they've got a whole chapter in the, in the handbook. Oh, nice! <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'd like to get my just, hands on that book. Actually, it's available through Amazon, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's pretty cool so far. It goes through sort of the history of audio drama. It's it's actually set up as a textbook, so presumably it's going yeah, yeah. to be used. And I'm like, woohoo! I, <laughs> I feel so official. <laughs> You're a footnote. Nice. I, well, <laughs> she's a chapter. I'll call her a footnote. <laughs> nah, I'm a quote. That's okay. No, that's great. I'll be a chapter when I grow up. <laughs> and <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just you know, I just I just love the idea that I got included. I mean, that's just so awesome because it makes me feel like you know I'm being recognized mm-hmm. for some of the work I do because mm-hmm. it is a lot of work. I mean, you know, and we do it just for the fun of it primarily, but it recognition is all we ever get. So it's nice when we do get some. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would think that the, the, what you're doing is what people will be doing. I mean, you, you're, you know, like William Gibson's quoted as saying, you know, the future is here. It's just not evenly distributed. I think what you're doing is what all creative people will be aiming for. You know, mm. people who who uh, don't live in Hollywood and right? people who, if if Hollywood will even exist in 50 years or whatever it is, everybody's going to be doing it the way you're doing it, which is doing it because you can and it's you're enjoying it, you're getting uh, I mean, you do it not because you're making money, but because it's wonderful, right? And you enjoy yeah. it. And I think that that's, you know, you're on the cusp of that. Well, because I'm a giant show-off. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I think, uh, you know, you'd probably you'd probably be happy if it's not just because your name's on the lights there, right? 
Well, no. I could find another way to get your name in lights without uh, being doing all this work. Well, before I did this, uh, of course, years ago, I did a fanzine for role-playing games. Hmm. And I got nominated for several Origins Awards at one point or another. And um, what else have I done? I mean, it's I'm really, it does boil down to I'm a big old show-off. <laughs> You're an the thing is, yeah, kind of. Um, it's, it's just so much fun, and getting some recognition for it is just icing on the cake. But really, you know, just being able to have an audience is part of the fun, though. It wouldn't be half as much fun to do if there wasn't actually an audience out there. Mm. You know, you got to have somebody other than your dad telling you that you're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah. helps. Yeah. So it is does. Hollywood come knocking? To no, well, I have a movie and it's stuck in financial hell. Oh. You know how it is. But uh, eventually, someday, that might get made. Ha, ha, ha. But <laughs> it's a dead serial killer buddy movie. It's a total lock. <laughs> the kids will love it. <laughs> you betcha. But, you know, I mean, Hollywood is so fickle, and all they're really looking to do is make money, which is, you know, I mean, totally, it's their industry. Of course, they're going to look to make money. But it's so hard to get into, and I just don't have that, you know. You don't live in Los out. Angeles. Well, among other things, but it's also there's a mentality to being able to, you know, you know, sit and wait and write and hope, and I'm just like, eh, that's not my thing. I'd rather just get it done. So I just rather skipped. Move as soon as I realized it was actually a, a possibility, I stopped writing screenplays and I started writing uh, audio dramas instead because it's something that I could actually bring completely to a final product mm-hmm. which I couldn't do with a movie because that would drive me nuts <laughs> people are like oh you should make a movie I'm like I don't want to be a director I don't want to what the hell was that sorry somebody outside my window <laughs> oh weird oh, wow that's nice somebody needs a ride yeah control your window <laughs> but can't I... you make your own movie with like a webcam or well, the thing is, I don't want to. I okay. don't have any interest in being a director of a movie. I don't want to be a producer. I don't want to have to do all that. I, you know, there's so many things I don't like doing that are involved in making a movie. And it sounds weird, but it's like I just want to be the writer. Really, I'll produce my audio dramas because you know I don't really have an option. But, but I'd rather just sit there and be the writer. <laughs> So that, that's your real love then. Huh? That's cool. Yeah. yeah. But I like having a product. I'd rather have the finished product, something that people can actually listen to, than have you know a stack of screenplays up to the ceiling that'll crush me when the next earthquake comes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, um, I was thinking about We Are Alive and how, how well it's doing, I guess. Uh, you know, it, it's, got, it's got an audio drama. In um, in actual hard copy form that's going into libraries and such. Um, uh-huh. Do you remember Wormwood that uh, yes. series? I, I thought that that one would would be sort of a breakup. Do you think it was just too early? I um, Wormwood has its flaws. It had a really good concept. The first season was pretty darn good. Yeah. The second season, the second season wandered a bit much for most of the listeners. I think. 
It suffered from David Lynch disease. <laughs> Lynchian, that's true. Yeah, but no, they've actually gone into comics now. Right. There are actually comic books. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I, I've sort of been following their their site. They went to season three, and then I guess it's uh, trying. But they're they're based in L.A., and I I, I thought that they would they would uh, sort of be a bigger hit than they were. And I, I really enjoyed the first season a lot. Well, I think they, the, they had sort of, sort of technical sound quality. Yeah, issues. I was going to say, that's probably, that could very well be one of the things that, that gave them some of their trouble was there was sound quality issues. And, I mean, really, it's a good show. And I particularly liked... Well written, liked, good acting, yeah. Yeah. I particularly liked the... Um, uh, after the first season, my next favorite thing is the Five Figures of Doom, which was just the short stories they did. Mm-hmm. But um, they've done... I mean, I yeah, I could have seen it go farther, except I think... The, the, the other problem they suffered from, and I'm pretty sure, was uh, timing. And, and by timing, I mean one of the things that is sure to lose your audience in this world of podcasting is not getting out when you say you're going to get right, out. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure this was one of the things that they were having trouble with was just they, they because of real life issues. And real life does come first. Real life always has to come first. People forget that. Is that, uh, you know, if, if stuff's not getting out on time, you lose audience. Sure. And it's, you know, it's easy for us all to go, well, but it's the Internet. Nobody cares. Well, uh-huh. yeah, they do, actually. Only the people on the internet care, <laughs> which is your entire audience. So exactly. Yeah. Well, but it's it's I don't know the, the the mentality of slackness that a certain amount of of the internet actually engenders is unfortunate because you know it's it's all too easy to go well. I don't have to. It's my show. I can get out whatever I want. But, you know, you're really doing it for your listeners. And they should count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think showing up is a, lot of the, is a lot of the job. It is. And, I mean, there's some really good shows. I mean, depending on what you're looking for. I mean, for, for pure, nasty, creepy, makes you thinkness. Um. I actually like, I mean, We're Alive is a good zombie show, but for nasty creepiness, uh, 118 Migration uh, is really, really good. Unfortunately, it's also kind of half vanished off the internet. It hasn't come out in a while. And I know this. a lot of this is real life issues that the, the writers have been going through. And that's, you know, like I said, real life comes first. I'm totally there. But unfortunately, you know, it means that it's hard to find. It's hard to tell anybody about it. You know, it's, I can't really spread the word because the show hardly even exists anymore. Yeah. And it's very sad because I really like this. It's, it, it is, it takes zombies in a different direction. It goes off into Creepyville and it's really, it's well done. <laughs> and it's more of a, it's more of a first person narrative for most of it, which people love or they hate, let's face it. But, um, and a lot of people hate, but, uh, you know, it works and 
and it posits it actually starts in a world where the zombies have been around for long enough that people are used to it and people are having to cope with the aftermath of all that and it's really the people who are kind of horrible even more than the zombies but there's also a weird mystical element to it because it's not like a disease or something you can predict. Everything comes back, no matter how it dies, after one minute and 18 seconds. Hmm. Yeah, or I think it's one, it was at 118 seconds. But anyway, that's where 118 migration comes from, the title. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you could fall off a roof and come back as a zombie. Ouch. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's just it's you know everybody has their own take. I have my own take on zombies, which I do a zombie show. I did a zombie episode for Christmas because nothing (laughs) since Christmas quite like The Walking Dead. And uh, mine, it was two years ago at a 2008 Christmas show called The Gift of the Zombie, (laughs) and my zombies have thoughts and emotions and stuff. Still, they're not. Completely hollow-headed, hungry. Right. <laughs> no, no. In this case, in this case, there's a pair of zombies in love, Ben and Mia, who are trying to find the perfect Christmas present for each other. And Ben ends up selling his face to buy her a new nose, to buy her a pair of boots, and she ends Aww. up selling her foot to buy him a new nose. It was very cute, but it's actually a it's actually a bizarrely viable zombie world that I'm revisiting for Christmas this year. Oh. well with all the things that have been done with zombies you figure there's not much that you can do that's new (laughs) and that kind of is actually so that's why I'm going back to going old school (laughs) I like zombies not the new cowboys (laughs) I like I like the idea of zombies who have you know they have feelings too they have personalities you know why not we'll mess with that for a while see how many people we can screw up (laughs) sounds right well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be listening avidly to the next uh, three episodes of the Lovecraft Show. Um, oh yeah. Are you going to? Do you think re- you're gonna repackage them into one two-hour uh, thing? To- it's not impossible. It might do you know later on down the line. Yeah. Um. Are 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 they structured in such a way that they they could be easily re-edited like that? So I think you- it'll work. Yeah. It's. I mean, they do flow directly one into the other. They yeah. don't take a break or anything. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that might be, uh, you know, just uh, it, it, it tends to be that audio drama is done in half-hour segments, and that's it. It comes from the long history of old-time radio, which was done, of course, for a half-hour time slot. Yeah. You know, and I, that's where I started with, I, when I first started out, I was like, every episode will be a half an hour long and no more and no less. I scrapped that real fast. <laughs> well, because not every story fits that length, right? Exactly, because stories had to tell, be their own length. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's like, okay. But, yeah, you know, you, 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 everybody has their own learning curve when they're starting out doing this, and it's going to be different for everybody. And I, I think uh, one of the other reasons that people like the half hour is because they thought, oh, well, we can put two of them on a CD. And I'm thinking, well, CDs, uh, kind of 1980s, don't you think? <laughs> it's a little bit old-fashioned. Yeah, I can see that. Well, the other thing with a half hour is a lot of people are thinking of listening for their commute or their um, workout. And a half hour is a good number for a lot of that. 
I don't see it's, working out to Lovecraft, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll let people. Well, and no, I have perfect for my commute. I have I have a, a lovely fan who actually I did just give a barking role in um, in Dunwich Horror. If you wonder why I credited the vicious guard dogs at the end, it's because on Facebook I have a fan who is a dog. Quinn uh, is a rabid fan. <laughs> no, he's not <laughs> rabid. <laughs> but but the what what struck me as it what would be fun was when I realized oh I need some guard dogs for you know they got to kill Wilbur Waitley right. Um, I wrote to Quinn's human companion and said. Hey, would Quinn like a barking role in the show? And since they'd been listening to all the episodes while walking up and down uh, long treks, doing Quinn's uh, what is he certification as a as a pack dog, um, you know, they're, they're, Donna, his his human, was like, "Oh, that'd be awesome!" So. So we got and Quinn and, and actually Spencer also, who also lives with them, got to do the barking and growling for me. So I'm just uh, I, I want to be clear. Quinn is a dog. Quinn is a dog. All right. Good. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. But no, I love to include the fans or whatever I can. You know, it's just fun to me and and <laughs> including the dogs. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm sure you can get people to bark too. Well, yeah, but if a dog's going to go all the way out of their way to not only have a Facebook page, but like me on it, I might as well. It's more authentic. Yeah, exactly. That. (laughs) Well, what's the best, like, science fiction audio drama around? Science fiction is, it's sort of, there's, there's a... There's not anywhere near as much as you'd expect. There's a couple of them, but, um... You know, a lot of them are very new. And uh, for instance, uh, my I taught Kim how to Kim, who was on the panel with me. She does warp space. She's got a lot of good story coming up, but it's still it's kind of slow moving because um, she only has time to come come out with an episode every couple of months. Like I said, she's real not life comes warp speed. No, well, she's her her show involves a. Um, the milk run, the the you know the the uh, we go to the colonies. It's really slow, kind of ship travels anyway. So it kind of works actually. <laughs> She's built in the the delays, right? Pretty much. That's fun. I, I I think that's fine because you can always listen to them as a bunch, right? You don't. Yeah. When podcasting, time. it's not the same as radio, where it comes out once a week. It's coming out whenever you put them together into your iPod. Yep. But um, there's there's been a few others from time to time, but I can't think of anything but hers that's coming out right now. I know there's got to be one that I'm totally forgetting. But mm-hmm. oh, you did just... the leech. I think that's about it. I, there's not a lot of uh, uh, science fiction in audio drama. I think there's there have been though. There's there's been a couple of different space opera stuff. There's been a couple of different. It's just like like Children of the Gods and. Uh, Oh shoot! I know there's at least a couple of underwater oh, ones. And and oh, oh Leviathan, yeah. yeah. And oh, actually, I should mention Edict Zero, of course, because I'm in it, and it's actually really good. If you haven't given it a listen, um, that's not space sci-fi. It's uh, it's it's a it's basically sort of a cop show, or well, an X Files type cop show, but set on a future 
uh, colony of Earth. So it's sci-fi, but it's sort of not. I mean, it's 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 hard to define in some ways, but it's got an awesome soundscape. It's definitely future. And it's got a real kick-ass soundscape. And, I mean, the shows are, they're very complicated. You've got to actually pay attention. Don't be listening while you're, you know, doing something too complicated. <laughs> but they're, it's really interesting. I love, it was so really funny, actually. I did uh, my lines for an episode recently. And I, uh, in, in looking over the script, I come across, you know, okay, my character is just, there's been an explosion. And I'm in this place where there's, you know, dust in the air and stuff. So I'm like, okay, cool. I, I did all my lines sounding kind of like I do right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent him in and he goes, oh, hey, yeah, those sound great. Um, wow, you sound like you have a cold. I hope you get better soon. And I'm like, uh, dude, I did that on purpose. <laughs> he says, oh, sound, it was perfect for the, the episode. I'm like, yeah, well, I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's actually a really good series. And that's one, it, it's, uh, it's just crazy soundscapes. And absolutely, just, I love it. Because I love, I, this is one thing that I have to admit, I've had people make some sort of a deal out of at one point or another is oh what you you do stuff that's you know too complicated people can't follow it and i'm like you know sometimes i do and that's because i think that you know the listeners are sophisticated enough to follow it what's your problem (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna hop up the first one of those see I think a lot of people listen very, very casually. Uh, well, yeah, but a lot of people do actually pay attention, and I mean, who who like the active listening, and this is it's something I distinguishes active listening being, you know, you're you you have to really be involved, and you can actually figure stuff out, and you're, you know, listening. Oh, that's why they said that. Oh, okay as opposed to just having the story handed to you on a platter like a children's fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that either. It's just that, you know, I like the idea of challenging an audience because that's how I like to listen. Yep. So mm-hmm. I guess I got an iTunes review where somebody goes, oh, she makes things too complicated, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, sorry, dude. Sorry you can't follow. <laughs> but, uh, like, sometimes I listen in the car and I can understand where... Uh Sometimes your attention will go away for a second, and then you're just lost. Some shows, but but most of the time, I mean, when I do it for my shows, I try to make sure that, you know, there's always engaging things. If you miss something, you can always go back and listen to it again later. But, you know, as long as there's something engaging that's keeping you interested, oh, I've, I've missed that, but, oh, this character's so interesting, I'll continue listening anyway, or something, so that, you know, then... Maybe you come back, listen to the rest of it. Oh, okay, that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. Sounds I, good. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, there's there's so many things involved. I, I picked up this habit from uh, listening to Big Finish. Now, they're one of the companies that does actually produce professionally for audio drama. And uh, they do some awesome stuff. They have licenses to do stuff like the Doctor Who's and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not Hard just fanfic. Yeah. I, I shouldn't say just fanfic. I'm sorry, I do have a tendency to I do have a, a thing against fanfic. It's a, a deep seated hostility. I'm not sure why. I, why I, is that? 
<laughs> I think though that what you mean by fanfic is uh, is more like a technical, like basically you're saying don't do stuff that's uh, not public domain. Is what you're kind of sort of yeah. We'll also just not exactly the same thing. A lot of the stuff that does fall into the fanfic category is just dreadful. I mean, I, I think I just burned out on it really early. <laughs> If 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 you're looking for science fiction uh, audio dramas, there are about ten thousand different Doctor Who audio dramas. Oh yes, everybody true. has to make their own Doctor Who audio drama. And uh, well, there's a few Star Wars and a few Star Treks and things like right. that. Again, it's just my it's just my irrational hostility toward fanfic that prevents me from mentioning them. No, I know it's something that's just like okay, I don't know why I have this problem, but I do. And that's just me. There's also, you know, superhero stuff, and there's also this, and there's also that. You know, that's that's available. That's that's essentially, you know, something like that. Mm. It's just, it's there's a lot of different stuff out there. But yeah, I have a tendency well, to stick with the the original material. Well, you and George R. R. Martin are in the same camp. He doesn't <laughs> like fan fiction either. I'm it's not. Okay. A, I'm not a fan either. Myself. Well, I have to. I mean, part of it comes from the fact that I, early on, somebody used one of my characters in a role-playing game as an NPC and killed it, and I just hated them. <laughs> I don't know. That's part of it. I'm like, if you if you're gonna use my character, why not keep her in character? You changed her completely. Just give her a different name. It's a different character anyway. You know, and that's part of the way it was I. It's an homage. It was an homage. <laughs> <laughs> so that's part of how I feel about a lot of fanfic is that that they did. Anyway, let's yeah. just stop with that. <laughs> I. It's irrational. I don't have anything against it apart from that <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to listen to uh, Darker Projects they had a Star Trek one that wasn't bad oh. yeah, they, I think they have Star Trek and Doctor Who and they yeah. actually may have had two Star Treks at one point there's a, you know, there's just a lot of different shows out there and you know everything has its merits and everything is a chance for somebody to learn how to do it you know and that's good too I'm very egalitarian as far as including everybody. <laughs> Just because I'm snooty about fanfics. <laughs> and 90% is Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, well, there's a lot of Firefly and Doctor Who, too. Okay. Yeah, lots of, mostly Doctor Who, I think. Everybody, everybody wants to make a Doctor Who show. And then Star Trek, I guess, was popular. I don't know if it still is. I don't know. But um, here's uh, let's 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 end on this note, okay? Because okay, um, we've discussed it before. Um, but uh, I still say that I still say that a Princess of Mars uh, adaptation would not be <laughs> fanfic. No, I'm not saying it would be a fanfic. But you think it would cause too many difficulties to make it worthwhile? No, what I was saying was. Because John Carter of Mars is getting made into a movie, there's going to be somebody out there who thinks they've got the rights. And regardless of whether they've got the rights or not, whoever has the biggest bankroll is going to be the winner. And I don't see the point in fighting those battles. Yeah. 
You and and as your day job is working at, at one of these uh, law firms, yeah. yeah. You you see you see the big stick come out and it scares scares you just even though you're standing behind the big stick in some cases. Mm, we don't do a lot of copyright, but you know it's more that I just it's not even scared. It's just like why bother? Find something of your own, do something original. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing it, but also I just don't like. And the only the only Mars book I like is one that stands by itself. It's separate from the rest of the series. So, and I read that one first. So after I think that, that that's one, the strong argument. Yeah, I don't want to do it. <laughs> oh yeah, I certainly don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, part of it also though is just the daunting task of even though those are small novels, would be the daunting task of adapting a novel. Now, Kim, uh, who does Warp Space, is actually taking on a novel. Or is, is is in the first stages of trying to adapt a novel, and I'm helping her with it, but it's her project, and <laughs> I just pointed this out to her a few times <laughs> mm-hmm. because there's going to be a lot of work involved in that, and uh, and it's great that she she found something that she really really wants to work on like that, but at the same time I'm just like wow that is going to be so much work. No, Which novel is it? Oh, yeah. Um, probably not allowed to say. Oh. I well, we she's we've talked to the author. I mean, I I we we've communicated with the author, and he's on for it. Though it was a while back, it's just been taking a while to get even in the first stages because adaptation is really hard to learn. Adaptation is is it's unfortunately it's a skill you can only learn by doing. So. So that's why people do it so poorly in Hollywood, is <laughs> because they just don't ever learn. But um, it's, uh, I think it's it's something to do with Fog. I can't remember the title exactly. Mm. I don't think it's a super secret or anything. It's just, you know, we're not really making any kind of announcement about it until uh, until it's starting into, you know, initial stages. I told her, you know, you get the script written first, then you worry about it. All right. Uh, how about this? How about this? Um, I have not heard from the audio drama communities uh, on on the internet anybody do a Shakespearean play. Uh, I was thinking, you know, like a Midsummer's Night's Dream or something like that. I, I know LibriVox has been doing it, but they're not doing it as an audio drama. They're just doing a reading. I'd like to hear. A rem- you know, uh, what you guys do, which is, you know, distance and satellite recording and all that, and with, you know, basically a full play. I think that that'd be really cool. There's so many great could be interesting. Shakespearean plays that could be done. You'll have to listen to my Cymbeline episode. Oh, did you do a... I, I didn't do the play. I did my dissection of the play. Because Cymbeline is a much better comedy monologue than it is an actual play. I've never, I've never heard that one. It's one of his lesser-known plays for that sort of reason. But uh, yeah, I did a, I did a total mashup on Cymbeline because hmm. of, of that. It's just one of the many episodes on my list. My show goes everywhere. It's not specifically anything. It's whatever I felt like writing that day. Hmm. So you end up with stuff like. Why is this episode just Julie talking about? Well, not just it's 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 me talking to various people, and I scripted it. 
though I scripted them as themselves uh, going over this play. Uh, some other episode will be me talking about some, will be something else. You know, every episode is different. Well, she does it have was, Edwardian stories. But... Yes, I've started doing what I call the Edwardian entertainments. And the idea behind that was that I had just adapted a whole slew of really cute little short stories from, you know, around the turn of the century into episodes. And I thought, hey, this would be a good place for my guest producers to do something. <laughs> but no, none of them have actually managed to get anything in yet. Um, so they've all been whatever stories I happen to have already done. Though admittedly, this month is one I had planned to do, which is the yellow wallpaper, which is a really king story. A classic. Yes, and it's my own. It's 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 just a reading. I mean, it's not an adaptation per se, because that's not really one that is very that would work as an adaptation. It's I, one I think it's been done before, but I I, I can't recall where as, a, as just, an adaptation. It, it's because everything's going on inside one woman's head. It's essentially a monologue, is what it is. It's a forty-minute monologue. Yeah. So that's the way I did it. But yeah, the idea behind Edwardian Entertainments was basically all these older stories. Ooh, wouldn't it be fun to? You know, I've adapted them. I'll have people do the stories because I have people who want to do some guest producing and. Uh, apparently not that much. <laughs> I need to nag them, but I'm waiting. Some of them are. The ones that have okay. come out so far are mostly one-person narratives because that's all I've got time to do. So is the yellow wallpaper out already? I'm just trying to find it here. No, that comes out Tuesday. Okay, cool. Wow. So so many coming out this week. Yep. Well, you know, it, the, the Edwardian entertainments come out every uh fourth Tuesday, which sounds weird because otherwise it would be one Tuesday a month, which would then screw up with all my other schedules eventually. <laughs> That's why it's every fourth Tuesday. Well, I've got plenty plenty huff stuff now. I'm going to have uh, enough, enough audio drama to listen to for the next three months. <laughs> That's kind of what I produce. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.